Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Calming Facts. I hope you've had a good week so far, and that life's not too stressful for you, wherever you are. This week has been a great week for the podcast. Listens rocketed past 2,000, all the way to 2,200. So, thank you, everyone. For listening. This is despite the mistake I made on the Black Holes episode. For those of you who don't follow my social media, I realised after about today that the description of time dilation wasn't quite right, so I went and re-recorded it. I apologise if you were one of those who listened to it the moment it was published. You may wish to go back and hear the new description, which takes place after about 9 minutes through. Now today, I'm going to talk about the oceans. I haven't used George Sundance's music today, because I heard this piece of music, and I thought it was really tranquil and wonderful, and I decided it fitted today's episode really well. Besides, if I use his music every week, I'm going to run out of it at some point. Anyhow, let's begin with the oceans, where I hope to lull you into a state of peace and tranquility. I, for one, find the oceans to be extraordinary. When I go to the beach or ride on a ferry, I cannot help but find the sea to be a peaceful, but also majestic place, and also humbling in the best possible way. The oceans somehow provide a a sense of perspective I lack in day-to-day life, a reminder that the events in your life matter very little in the grand scheme of things, which I find to be a most wonderful and freeing thought. The oceans truly are a mightily impressive body of water. They are, by far, the largest reservoir of water on Earth and over 96% of all of Earth's water exists in the oceans. Not only do oceans move water all around the globe as ocean currents, and shape the land with tides and waves, and provide all the water life needs to breathe and live by providing the evaporated water for the water cycle, but they are also responsible for creating the conditions for life itself to emerge, and this is perhaps one of the most incredible things in the universe. While there is only one global ocean, in recent history this has been divided into four distinct ocean basins. These are the Atlantic, the Pacific, 
the Indian and the Arctic Ocean. However, most countries today now recognise the Southern or Antarctic Ocean as a fifth ocean basin. We tend to think of our oceans as ever-present, a constant in an otherwise changing world. And indeed, over the short term of hundreds of years, the ocean's volumes don't change much. But the amount of water in the oceans does change over long periods of time. For instance, during the last ice age, sea levels were lower, which allowed humans to cross over to North America from Asia at what is now underwater, the Bering Strait. And if you've listened to my dinosaur episodes, you'll know all about the changing sea levels in the Cretaceous period. Sea levels tend to fall during colder climatic periods because ice caps and glaciers form and enough of the water in our oceans accumulates in them to lower the water level of the global ocean. During the last ice age, glaciers covered almost one third of the entire land mass, with the result being that the oceans were about 122 meters lower than they are today. And one day, our oceans will disappear. As the sun nears the end of its life, the oceans will boil away and leave the earth a dry, boiling rock. This is billions of years away from now, so hopefully humanity will still be around and will have invented technology to leave earth by then. Even from day to day though, oceans are never constant. They are dynamic, with water flowing all the time. One principal mechanism that moves water is the tides. Tides are primarily driven by the changing forces of the moon and earth. To understand how tides work, you have to appreciate that the moon doesn't just circle the earth, rather the earth is also moved by the moon's gravity. A good way to think of this perhaps is a hammer throw at the Olympics. The Olympian's hand is earth and the ball is the moon and the hand holding the chain is just like gravity. When the Olympian spins the ball above their head, the ball circles their hand and the ball is desperate for the chain to be released so it can fly off. This is equivalent to the moon wishing for Earth's gravity to disappear and to fling off into the solar system. But you'll notice the Olympian's hand isn't still either. It's constantly being moved in small circles and actually wants to fly off too, albeit not so spectacularly. This is the same for the Earth, 
in the Earth and Moon system. This influence that wants us to fly off, which is known as a centripetal force, is felt across Earth and points away from the Moon as the Moon circles us. So if you've understood that, this is where gravity comes into the picture. On the far side of the Earth, where the Moon is far away, the Moon is far away, uh, so its gravity is weakest. The centripetal force dominates, and the water gathers on the far side of the planet, and you get a high tide. On the other side of Earth, next to the Moon, where the Moon's gravity is strongest, the Moon's gravity pulls the water towards it, so you also get a high tide on this side of the planet. In between the two tides, you get low tides. Now, the Moon takes about 30 days to circle the Earth, so moves very little day to day. So, as the Earth spins and completes a day, the high tides stay in the same place, but the planet rotates underneath, causing us to experience two high tides and two low tides in a 24-hour day. I got a little distracted there from my ocean theme, but hopefully you now understand tides. The other great mover of water is the ocean currents. Currents don't quite behave in the way we see them in Nemo, a narrow tube of fast flowing water. They are better described as quite wide bodies of water in the ocean, where the water all moves in the same direction at once. Currents are driven by a large number of factors, including the moon, weather and winds, temperature changes and a whole number of minor factors. But ocean currents are vital to maintaining the stability of our environment and atmosphere. They help to effectively move and mix warm and cold waters in the ocean and influence and stabilise the weather and temperature systems by absorbing and storing and moving heat, carbon and water. They are vital to ocean life. The upwards movements of its currents bring cold, nutrient-rich water from the depths. Many organisms in the ocean use ocean currents as a conveyor belt spending their larval and adult life in various parts of the ocean, all because of the motion of currents. Many ocean systems would collapse without currents, including the fish caught by most of the world's fisheries. Indeed, in our climate-focused times, one has to understand that any change in ocean currents caused by temperature changes will have far-reaching implications on the ecological balance and our resources, and we cannot afford to underestimate 
the effects changes in our ocean currents would have on our lives. Thank you so much for listening. Oceans are incredible and so wonderful and I feel like I barely touched upon their majesty and influence on our lives. If you enjoyed this today, then the best thing you can do to support me is to subscribe on whatever channel you're listening on and just keep listening. Today's music is called 195 Meditation and Relaxation Healing Waves and is by Tim Moore and can be found on Pixabay. For the full attribution and URL to the track on Pixabay, please see the description below. I have used the music under a Creative Commons license. Thank you everyone for listening. Bye.